louder! What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Hypodermic, the pod that sticks you deep. I'm TJ Bowser, and joining me as always is your host, the dawn of disaster, the maestro of mayhem, Mr. Nick Benson. Hey, everybody. How you doing today? Joining me today is Roman, the goth father from New York. <laughs> I love this guy. He's been a dear friend of mine for a long time, and I'm very proud to have him on as my co-host today. You know what? Thank you. We have been talking about this for a while, and finally, here we are. Yeah, and I love it. Finally time, right? Yeah. Today we have kind of a special show for everybody. Um, I wanted to bring this band on for a little while now. I've been talking to their bassist for some time. Uh, we have Kay, Scar, and Ron Graves from Suicide Queen. Everybody's here. How are you guys all doing today? <laughs> doing okay. How are you? Good. 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 <laughs> so tell Good. Me. We're warming so up. Tell me. Okay. Yeah. So tell me, tell me a little bit about your band, or actually, you don't need to tell me. You really need to tell our audience, because I, I really like you guys. I think you guys have a really great sound. Um, it reminds me a lot of the Cam FDM and some of the bands I really liked back in the day. Um, I really, really appreciate what you guys are doing out there, and I know it's not easy these days for musicians. So we'll get into that a little deeper, but introduce yourselves and uh, let the audience know who you are, what you do. All righty. Um, I'm Kay. Um, I uh, program and um, sing and uh, bit. And um, let's see. Uh, started Suicide Queen back in 2014. Um, I was in another band. Uh, I was a little more um, radio friendly, I guess. And there were um, aspects of our music that were getting heavier and heavier. And I just wanted to do more and more of that. And um, at a certain point, it seemed like, well, uh, I, it was going to be necessary to actually like have a, a, a new band um, in order to do more of what I wanted. So yeah, um, Suicide Queen started in 2014. The first show was me and um, our first uh, synth player, Michael Vile. We played at this weird little place in Alameda, California. And uh, it was this tiny little place with a tiny little stage and a tiny little sound system that got really loud, but we ended up kind of blowing out the speakers at about three different points in that show. They would just overheat because it would just get too loud and we'd have to stop for like 20 minutes or something just to wait for the speakers to um, return to a functional temperature. <laughs> so uh, not surprisingly, that happened a few times in the early shows. It was like, um, I don't know, it was, it was uh, a portent of things to come, destroying sound systems and... Um, being uh, generally difficult for people to Did you get a with. reputation for that? <laughs> uh, no, no. Um, I think that um, it may not have done any wonders for those venues' reputations, though, because uh, you know you, you want generally your PA system to be able to handle uh, a band, and when it can't. Mm, doesn't. Absolutely. That <laughs> doesn't work out. I, so I, well. have, I have all of my own stories about places like that, that, that don't seem to have great sound people or sound systems. It's, it's yeah. difficult. You kind of wonder like, you know, was, was setting up a live performance venue, like just kind of an afterthought to running this bar. Right. <laughs> what, what happened right. here? Like, huh, how are you? A, okay, fine. Um, fortunately, once we, um, started working at a slightly higher caliber uh, venue that wasn't happening so much uh, anymore. And uh, instead it was, um, well, a, a, a less physically destructive experience, if not perhaps a less um, morally and spiritually destructive experience. Right. <laughs> so how, how soon after that did you bring uh, Ron and Scar into the picture? Well, um, you know, there was like um, a whole 
lineup that existed for a long time and um around uh i don't know i guess it was 2019 or something 2020 i don't know it must have been 2019 that different kinds of personal things started coming up for people and they had other kinds of priorities and so people would kind of just decide that it wasn't really what they wanted to be doing or maybe they just couldn't fit it into what was going on in their lives at that time and um so people kind of went on their ways and then i guess in 2020 you know a lot of stuff was supposed to happen for the band that of course didn't because uh of the deadly plague situation so when things were starting to look like it was going to be um a safe environment to start playing again i met up with a couple of the people that were still in the old lineup and one of them was not really interested in, in doing it anymore so then it was just me and the the other uh person and at some point that person decided they didn't really want to do it either because they didn't want to do um they didn't want to work in a, the format that it had become i suppose and um so uh at that point you know i had i had brought in uh tony havoc on the drums which was cool because he uh he had lived in san francisco for a while and then moved to la and then come back up and we'd always talked about doing a project together but we were just never in the same city at the same time so at that time that i was kind of like well need to rebuild the the lineup um tony had uh, just moved back up north and i messaged him and said hey are you back up in the bay and he was like yeah so uh it was kind of the the right um confluence of circumstances and we started thinking about okay well we need some people <laughs> don't we so right you know i had known scar Wait. from yeah what's up is tony were you in a band called the bleeding stone uh tony's not with us right now oh um, he's not sorry that's wrong no, tony's, but tony's yeah, from the bleeding gone. stone right well he's been in a lot of bands um he was in a band called fear cult voodoo church um Hmm. Who's the other one? Uh, uh, Mephisto Waltz. Um, okay. Scarlet's Remains. Yeah. Dirty Horror. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I had known him from a couple of his bands that he'd been in before that had come up to play in Oakland and stuff. And um, so we started working together and we thought, well, uh, we, we need some more people. So I had known Scar from... Um, I played some guitar in... Um, some recordings for another band of our, our friend Daniel. And that's how I met Scar. And I thought, you know who belongs in this band? It's fucking that that bass player, Scar. So I asked her, hey, do you want to be in this band? And at the time, we had a show coming up and it was like, we don't really have the time to like actually like learn and rehearse parts. So Scar was playing like crazy synth noise for a little bit. Um, and then we had some downtime that we could actually like, okay, now like here's how you actually like play some of these songs. Um, right. And then we were like, okay, well, uh, who can play guitar? And we were kind of on this hunt for a little bit. I ran into Ron at a show in San Francisco and was like, yeah, we're looking for a guitar player. And I don't know. And Ron was just like, well, you know, I could play guitar. I was like, fucking Jesus. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? Um, so so from now on, we'll refer to Ron as fucking Jesus. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> So I think that was in like 21 or something. So this is all really new. I yeah, mean, this new yeah. formation yeah, yeah. is like uh -huh. brand new. That's yeah, awesome. So, you know, it, to the degree that it, that, uh, it might remind you a bit of um, KMFDM or Ministry or those mm -hmm. kinds of bands. Um, mm -hmm. Musically, uh, it, it also is very much like uh, that, that kind of like, oh, there was the one set of people that made that band a thing and like over time that became another thing and then somehow tim scold was involved and <laughs> um but he's not what's the best the best bands are always like that it's very yeah. incestuous yeah. out there but that's what you do until you find the right formation that yeah. we'll get it we'll get into your music in a bit because i have tons of questions about it but i i kind of <laughs> wanted to interject for one second the reason why I'm here, I made a movie called Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street. It's a documentary about Nightmare on Elm Street 2. And that's how I got into cahoots with Nick 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nick, Nick and I realized we have, uh, I mean, he's obviously got a Freddy Krueger past as well, but then we realized we both have a lot of bats in our past as well. Oh, yeah. So then he asked me to do this show because he was like, I, I'm from the Bay Area. I grew up there a uh, hundred years ago, but um, <laughs> I was, I, it, it's a very specific scene. You know, I was super goth when I was a kid in, in the early nineties. And um, I like, you guys were spread out through the Bay Area, right? Like, yeah, Oak, Oakland is where you are now. Where are you now? So I'm in LA and okay. Tony's in LA. Um, but yeah, I was living in Oakland for like 10 years or something. Yeah. Um, and you guys all met yeah. in San Francisco, essentially, in different um, I mean, like, I met Ron, I think, in Oakland a long time ago, because mm. when I was in my old band, he was in a band as well, and we would play together and run into each other at all kinds of stuff. So I had known Ron for a really long time. Um, and then Scar, I guess, we, yeah, we met in San Francisco at, at that video shoot. Um, Tony, I probably met in Oakland when he was in a band called Flesh and the Devil, I want to say. Okay. Um, no, no. So, yeah. I think I mean, why that intrigues us we need, we need most is like when, when Roman and I were younger. Like when we were younger, there there was really like there was Los Angeles, there was San Francisco, there was New York, New York got scene right. wise bleed out into the other city. So for us, way to get to a show, or you know, I would drive from Los Angeles to San Francisco just to see shows. Well, I hope they were good. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was great shows. I mean, it's funny because like now <laughs> I'll list all these bands that I used to go and sit at their house and drink with after the show that to the kids now they're like, oh, my God, you know, these people, you know, but uh, that's just the way that's just the way it is when you congregate in the cities, when you're in a scene and, and you, you're going to meet each other in San Francisco, in L.A. And so back when I was there. Oakland wasn't a thing like we could right. still afford to live in San Francisco. Now everybody's spread far out and that includes LA. You know, when I, I lived in LA is also on, on Hollywood Boulevard. And when I just went back, everyone I know is out. I, I don't even know where they are now, you know, so it's gotten bigger. Uh, but we also have like the, the social media at our fingertips. So we're able to connect that way too. So it's interesting how these, these webs weave, but you guys all kind of came together pretty quickly. Yeah. Within, I, within a year. And it was during the COVID times, right? Yeah. It was. Yeah. I mean, we still is uh, during the COVID time, but yeah, it was kind of at like that time when we thought that it was maybe going to be over soon. Um, yeah. And it looked like, you know, shows were going to start happening again. And the, the vaccine was, there was a lot more, I guess, um, optimism about it and thinking that, oh, well, now we have this, so everything's going to be cool um, before we kind of got hip to like this variant situation and all that. That's another story. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, um, I guess we were all kind of like, I know that I was, I was really kind of annoyed with, um, well, I mean, granted, this is a, 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 a such a unimportant kind of problem uh, in the grand scheme of things. But I was just annoyed that like there was there was nothing to do musically, and so as soon as as soon as it looked like you know music was going to happen again, like live music, um, I thought, well we're getting on that yeah <laughs> so yeah uh, we we, uh, we all kind of got together as quickly as as we could and um and we're back on stage as quickly as we could be and um right. yeah it uh i don't know i um i'm i'm just glad i suppose that um uh, we have that opportunity again to do that because uh 
it's it's turned out to be that you know people are pretty happy for the for the chance um to to be at a show again it's pretty cool well one of the things i'd like to know from you guys is like um <clears throat> i know that there, being a musician is challenging enough because trying to trying to even monetize or afford to do your shows is like one challenge but then you have you have things like the pandemic kind of you know bulldoze you and then trying to recover from that is you know a whole other challenge and then you know we have all this post pandemic shit happening um you know trying to monetize your music has got to be really really tough and i really want to bring that to light because uh, I don't think a lot of people really truly understand the challenges you guys face as musicians and as a band to try to even make enough money to cover your, you know, your production costs. Yeah. You know, um, I think, I don't know when it was, but at some point I realized that uh, the nineties were over <laughs> basically. It was like, right. you know, at, at, up until maybe about 2001 or something, you know, you could be dangerous and you could be subversive and you could be extreme and you could uh, push boundaries and you could still have an, like a number one record. I mean, Closer by um, Nine Inch Nails uh, is 1994, 95, I want to say. And yeah. I mean, I don't think you would even find anyone like born today <laughs> that that hasn't heard closer by nine inch nails sure. um, so entrenched is it in our 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 culture at this point because i don't know maybe a weird thing for trent Reznor to <laughs> sit with i guess but uh, um and uh you know there were big tours of like you know uh, uh those those kinds of acts you know uh psalm 69 came out in what 92 or something yeah uh, and uh, there was a lot more labels that were signing bands like that and and pushing those tours and and putting them out there right but, like so much like kind of really mm -hmm. bulldozed the music industry you know with, between the digital realm and everything else it's really affected you you all as performers you know yeah yeah and um you know i i think that we all have to essentially accept that music with statistically almost non-existent exceptions is just not viable as a as a a, a money making um activity right. uh you'd be more likely to make a living teaching uh guitar to kids or something and right. um than to be in a band. Um, I'm sure that, you know, my guitar teacher, when I was a kid, you know, he probably made a lot more money than we've ever made, like being uh, musicians that, that play original music. Um, and, you know, that, that's just kind of the way it is. Um, that's, that's just what it's become. And, um, and once I suppose we come to terms with that understanding, we can take more productive action. You know, that means that we're not going to uh, expect that there's ever going to be a paycheck or something that comes from this, or that it's going to essentially become self-financing. Uh, and it um, it means that we have to start thinking of um, music as a uh as something that we put money into and generally is is more of an expense right. rather than a profit and so for better or worse i think that that means that you narrow down the pool to people that really want to do it and that's good on the other hand it also narrows down the pool to people that you know were born with a lot of money so right is that too but hey Gary, I mean, that that kind of that kind of goes into to every trade right now too <laughs> absolutely you know but i i want to ask you though like clearly you 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 used the time during the pandemic to really i you 
re, you made this new album during that time, mm-hmm. right? And you basically revamped a lot of your previous tunes for this, and they sound incredible. So you paired up with somebody, John Fryer, yeah. For this, yeah. How did that happen? Um, that was uh, kind of a result of our label's <laughs> partnership with him. Um, you know, we actually recorded the record. It was all finished um, kind of right before the first wave of shutdowns. Um, a lot of the vocals were, most of the vocals, yeah, were tracked at, at, at the label HQ in, in Oakland, actually. We set up kind of a studio there. And we finished. And were of all of you guys in the studio doing it? Were, were all, your current lineup, were you guys on that album? No, no, it was, it was, um, I recorded everything, um, did all the programming and all that stuff. And then all the vocals we recorded over at, at the labels, um, compound. And, uh, it was just me and the label head and, uh, the former guitar player who would, you know, kind of manage the, the hardware vocal processing stuff, just like the compressors and preamps and stuff. Um, it was very kind of, uh, home studio e um i would have just done it all myself at home if uh i didn't have adjoining walls with people that would probably have called the cops (laughs) (laughs) right so to touch on to touch on the the last thing i asked like you guys also have kind of geographical challenges now too with with scar being in in the bay area and you guys are in los angeles do you find that 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 that, that is a problem at all or you just got you guys just worked that out you could say i mean in some ways it's a problem sure like we don't get to rehearse together every week like we used to when we all lived in the same place and that um kind of sucks for sure uh sure. for um i would say mm, i mean because we we have some much like backing track stuff i mean we can all rehearse independently so i don't think that um the quality of of rehearsal per se suffers for it um but it's nice to all just be able to get together every week and see each other and remind each ourselves that like the other people are real um right (laughs) and, and not not just uh i don't know phantoms that live in my phone um but i think that in terms of like in terms of like actually getting stuff done i mean uh part of the the good thing about the advent of more more kind of digital music stuff is that there's so much that's done via uh um email or like a shared drive and all that kind of stuff that um we don't really lose out on so much of that aspect and then when it comes to doing live stuff um, I don't know, like we played in Mexico recently, which was super cool. And Ron and Scar came down from up north. And um, then we're going to be playing in San Francisco on Christmas. So um, we'll be going up north to, to join them. And um, to some degree, it's really kind of not an issue. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it, it means that the kind of fewer of us are traveling each each time we're we're doing a thing right it's it's nice to see though that you guys have the drive to keep it going and keep pushing to do the shows because and there's a lot of driving yeah (laughs) yeah um i i feel like that like obviously it's the music that drives you and and that is at the core of why you do it sure um I, I think that that is admirable and, uh, you know, like while it doesn't get monetized, you guys keep pushing forward and pushing forward. And yeah. I, I am just, I'm just one person that, that as a, as a fan, even I thoroughly appreciate what you guys are doing because it's not an thank easy you. road. Uh, no. <laughs> so thank you. As a, as a fan, if I was going to take that perspective, how do you, what, how do you perceive your audience? Like what kind of genre are, are, do you feel you fit into? Good. Yeah. Uh, I know every, listen, I know that there's like what you 
how you perceive your music is going to be one way, but then it's how you have to market it is another. So who's at your shows? Yeah, great question. I mean, and I say great question because it's so hard to answer. Um, like, you know, when the band started, it was like all the goths in um, San Francisco and that area would, would be there. And it was like, oh, yeah, we're, we're a goth yeah, band, yeah. even though like the music is nothing like bands that I would call goth per se, you know. Um, sure. And then, you know, after 2020, when we started playing again. Like you mentioned, a, a lot of people had um, moved away. And so our audience was totally different. The kinds of people that were coming out to our shows was a total surprise. Um, you know, there was no unifying aesthetic anymore. No, like, um, no one demographic you could depend on on showing up. Um, what have you guys noticed, Scar and, and, and Mom? What have you noticed about the audience that was kind of like surprising to you? I think for me, uh, one um, thing that. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Scar. That's all. <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, one thing that's always been an interesting observation to me is, you know, they call it the goth and industrial scene. Um, but there really is kind of two camps uh, within that. There's the people that like to go to the clubs, and then there's the people that like to go to the shows. Um, and it's, you know, it's a scene. Uh, both of them are kind of unique scenes that stand on their own. So definitely, you know, people that are into the live music on the goth industrial side of things are there. And you see these people at all the shows that you go to. Uh, that's just my observation on that. Yeah. I mean, goth is kind of a household household term now, right? So even here, yeah, I'm seeing kids that are calling themselves goth and I'm like, you, you don't even know, but that's okay. I mean, that's great. I love that Target has a goth section of their website now like that's all that's wonderful but i mean as a band that that could be a little confusing but also great because like you don't need to be pigeonholed with your by your audience at the same time it's kind of nice when you can visually recognize your audience but that's not imperative and so and i i remember the goth days in san francisco it was pretty eclectic you know i used to work at a place called death guild the trocadero it was at the trocadero and that was like we had all kinds of people there you know there was i was a dancer i was so you know i had to entertain these people but we had a lot of bridge and tunnel people that still liked it even though i wouldn't even think in the daytime that they would be there so mm -hmm. but i but i am noticing today that because this term and this energy is becoming more popular again i Absolutely. think that's going to reflect in your audience and that it's not going to be so easy to like point out oh there's someone that will like my music so that could be cool i mean as Absolutely. long as the energy is there right Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I think, yeah. I mean I think that, you know, as long as you're anti Christian, you'll probably enjoy the music that we play. And I am. <laughs> so that's fucking awesome. <laughs> how do you feel how do you do you any of you like are you up there like identifying with people feeling like you're part of this? I mean, is there a, a bond with your audiences so far? Yes. Um I, I mean, it, okay, let me let me rephrase that. What, like, yeah. what area, where are you playing where you're feeling like there's a strong connection? Because like I mentioned before, like the the, the areas are kind of different now, you know, and, and it's more spread out. I, I know that a lot of people that I used to know in the scene have moved out towards Sacramento. Uh, it's not mm -hmm. all centered in one place anymore. So where are you guys like, where do you love to play? You know, I, I could probably give a long answer for this. So um, <laughs> may, maybe maybe Ron and Scar should go. Sure. Through. I think, you know, post pandemic, uh, live music is still trying to find its footing, to be honest. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people that were going to shows before the pandemic are no longer going to shows. Um, so I think we're, we're still waiting to see what happens on that front. Like who's, who's going to come out, what scenes are going to, you know, recoalesce. Um, so, yeah, I think at this point, we just kind of have to wait and see and keep making art and keep putting on good shows. And eventually these things will, will fix themselves. They'll solve themselves. 
Absolutely. Scott, you, you have any favorites? Or the same way that Ron does? Um, I mean, I think that uh, hopefully we'll um, go broader, right? And I would like sure. to, yes, go overseas. I have no idea what the crowd is like there. I think Europe perhaps would be good it for might be totally different than what's going on around here. Um, but Mexico is fantastic. So we would definitely like to go back to yeah. Mexico. Yeah, yeah you know, I figured. It's wonderful in Mexico, yes. Roman, that there's a huge scene there for, for bands like this, and I just think that's amazing. If you think about all the great think Europe is a coming out of Mexico, yeah, not a wonder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, also like here in America, they they kind of have like they put a wall up, and all you hear about is is your own, you know, you hear about your own your own camp basically. But like, I, I remember back in the day that like Christian Death used to play down there all the time, and their shows were massive. Yeah, and then they'd come up here, and it would just be like you know eh, them again, you know. So yeah, Mexico is where it's at apparently. Mexico is, um, I mean, of course, like, you know, playing hometown shows in, in Oakland and San Francisco and uh, down here in Hollywood is um, really amazing. I'll say, though, that, you know, when we went to Mexico and met all these people that, um, you know, it, it, it was just such a uh, uh, a weird and and like such a weird experience and such an honor to to be invited to play in another country it was like you, you not only have heard of us you like us and you want us there are you sure and then uh to um to have all these people that that really like connected with us there, um, and what you know, I I would I was like even even like they it it seemed like it was just a genuine like enjoyment of what we were doing, and it wasn't about um, any kind of personal connection or whatever it was it was it wasn't because they knew who we were as people or you know we were friends with them or anything it was just like they are just really uh enjoying us for for only for what we're doing we could be like terrible people as far as they know but they're really <laughs> you know, enjoying this music and, and and the show and and um that kind of reception was um pretty uh surprising and really cool well they say that like love is is universal but i feel like it's angst that's more universal when you're in a band you know like that's that's like they don't have to understand the lyrics if they can tell that you're pissed like that's or just that there's you know emotion behind it that's intense and down there like you know they gravitate to that plus they like a lot Absolutely. of makeup you know and it doesn't make in Spanish. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Yeah, but like theatrics and makeup and a powerful sound, you can bring that all over the place. So, that's you know, the it. crowd we had down there, I think the crowd that was down there in Mexico just had good taste and good music. And it was a great See? crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, so let's do this. I I have a uh, I have a very favorite song well at least right now it is i don't i don't know you guys have so, so many good songs it's hard to pick one um but i wanted to share with our audience i wanted to share angel because you guys have such a great video it was production value was really really well made uh, i as a horror fan really appreciate the video <laughs> so uh why don't we take a look at that
All right, so going back to that, um, what was your what was your influence in in creating the sounds that you that you guys have? I mean, you know, obviously, I can I can guess, I can spitball at, at who a lot of your influences were, but but I'd like to hear from you guys individually as to who your influences were and why why you're doing what we do. Ministry, <laughs> ministries, Psalm sixty nine, especially, um, sure. and uh, the uh, I want to say it was nineteen ninety five, um, the album uh, "Wrecked" by Pig uh, was a huge influence for me, um, and I think I, I probably. I got into ministry when I was like 11 or something. I saw the video for Jesus built my hot rod on, um, mm -hmm. uh, was it uh, the rock show on VH one? Um, which is, uh, it was the coolest thing on TV. You had to wait until like midnight or something for it to come on, but it was great. Um, and then pig, I got into, I was into KMFDM, And then, uh, uh, when I was like 14, I met, a guy that I ended up starting a band with. Um, and he said, Oh, you're into KFDM. You ever get into pig? And I'm like, what's that? And, uh, <laughs> now we've played with like three times or something, <laughs> which awesome. also, by the way, very cool experience. Raymond Watts is a super cool guy. Very cool. How about you, Scott? About you what, where did it start for you? <laughs> Sorry. I'm muting my microphone. Um, well, when I was, this is funny, but um, when I was like nine years old, maybe younger, Faith No More was a band that I just uh, was drawn to. And uh, Megadeth as a child. <laughs> and then as I got older, so like teenage years, um, I'd say like Ministry, Marilyn Manson, Static X, um, I like fast and heavy music. <laughs> KMFDM. Mm -hmm. That reflects in your in your playing. It definitely reflects in your playing. <laughs> I can see all of that. How about you, Ron? Yeah, I'm in a similar camp. Uh, you know, when I was younger, I was into you know the Cure, Depeche Mode, those types of bands. And then uh, as I gravitated towards heavier stuff, it went towards you know Frontline Assembly, KMFDM, Skinny Puppy. Huge fan of Skinny Puppy. Uh, Nine Inch Nails, uh, Marilyn Manson. Uh, I enjoyed new metal when that was a thing. Uh, I guess it's, I hear it's making a comeback. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I kind of fell out of industrial for a while, but uh, it's nice to see its resurgence with more aggressive guitar-driven sounds coming back. It definitely has come back now, or it's starting to. Um, yeah, there's been yeah Absolutely. it did it did take a a weird trance turn for a while in the in the 90s but before that like skinny puppy is still like to me everything <laughs> but uh yeah it does there does seem to be uh like a lot of those bands are being called on to come back to the stage so that's exciting uh, there was a time they, where yeah i'm sorry no, no. I, I I was just gonna say it goes hand in hand with what you're doing too. It even though. There's plenty of tracks where I'm like, they're like ripping this guitar up, like this should be a metal video. But at the same time, you've yeah. mixed it. This this new album has taken some of your old stuff and it's really pulled that electro bass up, and so it can go hand it. That's why we were, you know, calling out KMFDM as a possible, right, you know, <laughs> reference. But you guys definitely have your own thing. But I love the fact yeah. that like you could be on a stage with some of these old guys and it would still make sense, you know? And that would be super cool. Right. I know there's a big, huge industrial thing. You know, they did the, what was the, the big, uh, cold thing? Cold waves, Chicago. Yeah. No, no. What's the one that was just in LA that had Logan. like everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool, world. cool world. Yeah. Festival. Yeah. So they're cool doing world. another one with, they're doing another that's one that's true. just industrial industrial bands. Oh, um, I mean, as long as Morrissey's not there, Morrissey won't be there. No, good. Nine but times Skinny out of ten, Puppy he'll will be there. Right. 
Yeah. Another one of my favorite bands. Another one of my favorite bands, Bile, will be there too. Uh Oh, so you know what I'm talking about. Yes. (laughs) Not crazy. This is real. Okay. That's cool. And where I don't know if that's in LA as well, but for some reason I just assumed it would be. But there was um, one that was coming up in Vegas, I think, that had like a zillion bands on it and like a quarter of them were really cool and then the other quarter of like, exactly. there was a bunch that did not make any sense on that bill. <laughs> yeah. But that's kind of how they're lumping things together now. So it's a little bit more sure. broad. But you know everybody wants a, to get back out. Lots of bands looking to do shows. Why not just put them all on the same bill? Mm-hmm. Right. It kind of makes more sense too to to do it through a festival because you're not always guaranteed an audience, you know, with the COVID going on. But when you right, have so right. many names on a bill, you're going to have a big crowd, you know, you're going to have a good draw. Yeah. So. Yeah. And the other thing, it, you know, it draws for new fan base too. Like that's a sure. huge potential. Yeah. Yeah. I would go just to see monster magnet, but that's just, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's gotta be tough navigating like the, the post pandemic stuff as a, as a, as a band, uh, you're trying to get your stuff out there. You're trying to play live because that's really where the energy's at. Like, when, mm-hmm. especially when you're new. But, um, yeah. Do you? I, I mean, it does seem like you're in a place where they're at least kind of really trying to like step on the gas. So yeah, yeah. What absolutely. do you do? You have anything planned coming up? Uh, yeah. We're going to be up in San Francisco and, um, on Christmas. Christmas. And yeah. Carla Lavey's uh, Black Xmas Festival. Uh, Carla LeVay, if uh, that name sounds a little familiar, um, is the daughter of Anton LeVay, the founder of the Church of Satan. Um, and I've, I've worked with her like, I don't know, it's like four or five years or something. And um, she's always super cool. And it's always a, a really like, cool. it's just a cool event and all the, all the, the, the strangers um, and the weirdos and the, uh, the people that maybe don't want to wear bad sweaters and uh, eat fruitcake with their families uh, go on Christmas. So it's our kind of people. So, but I can I mean, come that... and wear my Krampus sweater, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> yes, Krampus sweaters are totally cool. Like, uh, it's... It's the U logs and the the can cane. My favorite ugly sweater. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've been you know, I think I saw it was I think it was fake, but I saw this um, pinhead sweater, like a pinhead Christmas sweater, <laughs> and I was like, I want a pinhead Christmas sweater. Where do I sign up for that? Because I would wear that. I'll have all to send day. you a link so you can get some cool sweaters. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, please do. I'm in the market, so because God knows everybody wants to see Kay in a cool Christmas sweater. <laughs> yeah. My thoughts exactly. <laughs> now, what they don't know is that they want to see me in a cool Christmas sweater. And only a cool Christmas sweater. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the studded jock strap and a nice ripped up. <laughs> they want to paint me like one of their French girls in a Christmas sweater. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys have anything exciting um, for the first of the year? You got, you got any shows booked after after the first of the year? I don't think we have anything on the calendar um, at the moment for the next year. So hopefully some writing and recording and working on a second record. Very cool. I liked the remixes you guys put out too. There was one, there was one for angel, right? Um, And the other, uh, did I get that wrong? No, maybe it's scarecrow. Um, There was scarecrow, but was that on like the, Single for Angel is that is that she what I'm you. You're thinking oh, of she you're right. you maybe yeah she There's haunts you well you did a couple remixes yes um yeah, that's for a f- yeah they were uh, great oh well um I would say thank you but 
you know, uh, on behalf of Christopher Hall, who, who did that remix. Thank you. Um, yeah. And uh, John Fryer did an alternate mix of Scarecrow. That was pretty cool. Um, I think that was it so far. Um, always down for, for remixes. I think that's pretty groovy when someone um, just messes with it entirely and turns it into something else that you would have never thought of. And um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was so. I was listening to your earlier EPs and then right. also the new album, so you can uh-huh. compare like the different versions. Yeah. Um, the the first song that I heard was the new version of Angel, and I was really into it. Like from the first note, it comes in really great. Um, and then I heard the older versions, the previous ones, and you definitely like if I didn't know you and I was listening to that, I would definitely go in thinking I'm going to have more of a metal experience, and you know. And I like both, you know, I still love slaughter. So, you know, it doesn't matter. I don't care. <laughs> I, but it's interesting because like, then you can take it to the next level with the remix. And it's like, the difference here is really just the production. Like right. you can really pull all the, the guitar playing forward, or you can bring the electro forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes the voices almost reminded me of Clan of Zymox occasionally, or at least the manner of singing. I loved it. It was interesting. So anytime a band can kind of like, you know, weave in and out of of styles that way, that's fantastic. Thank so, you. To you. Oh, but, uh, yeah, I, um, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, some of the, uh, the, Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that it was um, partly just an attempt to um, sing like a normal person for once, and that's kind of how it how it came out um, instead <laughs> of like a, I don't know, um, one of the the Nazgul or something from Lord <laughs> of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's that's how okay. And if it sounds like Ronnie Moorings and he wants to fight me, then um, you know, we'll fight. <laughs> okay. So how are you guys as a band? Like, do you guys like is it like are you in sync? Are you kind of do you run the show and just say do what I tell you? Or like are you uh how how's it how's it going? How about how about I step back and 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 let Scar and Ron answer this one actually, and then I'll I'll yeah share my perspective. Yeah, Kay's Kay's great. Uh, you know, always willing to, to you know listen to ideas and suggestions and and delegate. Um, so we're I think we're we're all working really well together at this point. I'm still you know kind of new in this project, but um, it's been nothing but a positive experience for me. And do you only work in this band right now, or do you have others as well? I have others as well. Um, you know, before I, I joined uh, Suicide Queen, uh, I had an own, my own project that where I'm the songwriter, um, and I work with a vocalist. Uh, we're a studio-only project at this point. Before the pandemic, we were, you know, getting ready to hit the stage, but uh, it, we were kind of a casualty of that dynamic of not being able to get together and stuff and do shows. Um, so I'm, I'm happy now with, you know, being able to create music, uh, you know, on the side and as well as being able to contribute to Suicide Queen and be able to do the shows with Suicide Queen. It's been a lot of fun. That's amazing. So it's been a good collaboration. Absolutely. Yeah. And I hope, you know, as we go through with this new material that I'll be able to step up a little bit, um, you know, cause I, uh, do production. Um, so hopefully I'll be able to put my uh my mark on the next album a little bit very cool scar how about you yeah pretty much what ron said (laughs) (laughs) yeah um looking forward to writing some new material working on another album uh and we'll see we'll see what we come up with huh do you have how is it where you live in terms like do you feel that you have a community of people there or is there nightlife there what's the scene like you mean santa cruz yeah (laughs) um it depends it's kind of catalyst there yes there's a big college crowd 
um, and Santa Cruz, you know, it's a very like independent thinking uh, artists kind of community. So it's really great. Um, you'll either have like a dry day or um, mm -hmm. a totally wild uh, packed, you know, venue. So it kind of all depends um, if people are out and about or if they're holed up, right? I think people are starting sure. to get more comfortable going out. Um, but certainly a very vibrant college crowd here and music is alive and well and better out here as the coronavirus starts to dissipate or become less terrifying. <laughs> right, well, that's, that's good to hear. Not as deadly, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I told you that I, as a as a kid, spent a lot of time up there, and it was a lot of older hippies, and it was a lot of young, young kids like me going to the boardwalk and whatever. So the fact that there's been a scene that's growing, I think that's great. I think a lot of people yeah. have, of course, moved you have the there from lovers. before. <laughs> they it have was all the fairly lovers, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I lived out there in the in the two thousands, and I didn't find too much of a scene in, in in you know santa cruz proper uh i lived out there for a while and it was you know i'd have to go elsewhere for shows but i'm glad to hear that that's coming back and you know you guys are really pulling people so that's good to hear there is no no need to cry little sister over the santa cruz <laughs> exactly <laughs> When that when Lost Boys came out, I was already like every weekend at the the boardwalk. So I'm looking at the bridge where all the vampires were hanging off of. I played on that bridge every Saturday as a child. Yeah. It's not that I'm about to it, make you cry. That bridge is in Southern California. That's the only no. thing out of the whole movie. No, no, no. It looks just like no, it looks just like the bridge in Santa Cruz. And I believed it was for the longest time, but if you look it up, it's going to make you cry. That bridge well, scene is. I believe. I believe you. I believe you that they wouldn't. They wouldn't be filming on that bridge for sure. But like, I think I just always assumed that's where it's supposed to be, because you too. see like the skyline <laughs> of the whole thing. Yeah. Ah, oh, wait. So is it actually a real bridge? Is it a real, <laughs> real bridge in LA, or was it something they built? I think it's a movie set. Um, but I'm not certain about that. You can look it up. Look it up and you tell me. <laughs> I have I have my dreams. I'll just keep them intact. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, we all call it Lost Boys Bridge. That's what Don't let us movie folk ruin your dreams. <laughs> but you knew what I was talking about, right? Oh, yes. So yeah, we awesome. all call it Lost Boys Bridge. And, you know, for about like, <laughs> I don't know, for a long time, I believed that too. And then just recently okay, somebody I, corrected me and I was like, oh, fuck you. Oh, can I say that? <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, okay. I can't but believe it's I been 53 minutes. And and I, just I said, I'm out. sorry. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, that's so. impressive that it's been 53 minutes and the only time it's come out. Yeah. So, Pardon so, me. <laughs> so, uh, so check this out. Someone on the internet says, this is actually not the Lost Boys Bridge. The bridge, Iron Horse Trailhead Bridge from the movie, is in Santa Clarita, 40 miles north of Los Angeles. So there you go. So Santa Clarita stands in for uh, Santa Carla, which stands in for Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz, yeah. <laughs> so that's as close to town as well, I like it. Well, they, they got the idea of the bridge from seeing it. How about that? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and then and, you but, know, um, the crazy grandfather's house that is in santa cruz too and yeah, i believe yeah. i believe but i'm not certain but i i i think that they have turned that giant house which is in the pogo nip um area of santa cruz into a gigantic beehive to keep trespassers out so what? the entire house <laughs> is swarming with bees like we gotta go it's oh yeah, I could take you anytime. We gotta play with we gotta play with the bees. <laughs> it's the biggest <laughs> bee have ever seen Just in don't my life. <laughs> no, right? uh, yeah, yeah, no, we're gonna say it a lot. Do you guys like <laughs> horror? Oh yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> okay. Gee, I would never have, have, have guessed. 
Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> well, yes, there's certainly the movies. The Frightwalking Santa Cruz has a lot of the killer clowns from outer space, um, which was also filmed in Santa, Santa Cruz. Was killer clowns from outer space, one of my favorites. <laughs> and they have a lot of those props from that movie in the Fright Walk, which is a very fun Fright Walk, by the way. Um, that's at the boardwalk. Fright Walk, is that like a, hol- a Halloween thing? It's like a year round thing. It's year round. Okay. Yeah, I haven't have been back. I haven't been for like 25 years so, or more. Well, Roman, we need to go, don't you? Yeah. Sounds like I, need, I need to. to I need to go back. Where are you going? That's more important than this. Well, you know, <laughs> when I Silicon Valley kind of chased me out of everywhere. So I grew up in, you know, I went to San Francisco, and then all the clubs started closing down from noise ordinance laws. This was like in 1995, Ugh. and then we went to LA, and then I'm in New York now, and it just keeps following me. So now, you know, if everything's sparking up again, I'd love to come back. You know, so maybe me and Nick need to get on a, a plane. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, yeah, yeah. We're going to we're going to go hang out with the bees. There you go. Um, hang out with the bees and listen to that music. <laughs> I'm just picturing what sort of safe outfit I would wear for that. There are no safe outfits with the bees. Mm. The bees, the bees <laughs> will get us. This is I mean, that's going to be. Well, no, we'll have to we'll have deep. to revisit that. We'll have to revisit that on another show. <laughs> we'll have we'll to have catch to up. With that. Okay. Yeah, we'll do a post show for that. How about uh, how about we wrap this up for today? Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you for having. We really us. appreciate awesome. you guys coming on. It uh, it's been an honor to have you guys here and talk oh. about your music. Your what drove you to be here? Um, well, it's very yeah, very been an honor to be here. Sorry, very good to be on. And excited for your shows and for, for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you for having us. It's really, really cool. Thank you.